Hey, uh, welcome to the Social Room Podcast. I am a little late today. I'm recording this as of 11.30 in the morning on Friday, and it'll be up shortly afterwards. Um, I don't think that this one's going to go on YouTube quite yet because I'm going on vacation next week. So probably going to have to skip a week on the Social Room, but I wanted to make sure you guys had something. Um, this podcast may sound a little different than the others because I have not walked into this without like a, with a pre-made script. I usually kind of use like a teleprompter, but today I just wanted to talk about a few things that I found interesting that you guys should probably know about. Um, first off, thank you for the, uh, actually overwhelmingly positive support on the last episode. Uh, I had a lot of content, uh, that I had posted last week just go completely off the charts. And so I'm really happy that you guys resonated pretty well with that. Though <laughs> there were some people primarily on YouTube who did not like the Elon Musk slander. Uh, not saying that I was really being a little too hard on him. I'm just saying that, you know, X keeps taking the L's. I talked about the sign and I talked about how X as a social media platform is already trademarked by Microsoft, Meta, and some other big names. And that's it. So uh, I find it a little funny that even though these people claim to be against the people taking away free speech, uh, to be against big government, uh, are the same people who are using Elon Musk as this almost savior, messiah-like figure to come save free speech and to bring society into this new golden era, even though at the end of the day, this guy is just a billionaire. He doesn't know who you are, and all of the things that he does really are just very, very good marketing tactics. Like, if you want to create a better persona for yourself online, why would you not post memes? Why would you not boost Dogecoin and GameStop and AMC and all of these things that he seems to resonate with with the community online, on Reddit, on Twitter. Why would you not do that in order for people to, you know, treat you a little better online? And I think it's ironic that these people are so anti-government, anti-big business. They want to take it against the hedge funds. You're looking at the richest man in the world. Like, why is he any different? Why is he an exception, even though he's the person that is the establishment? You know, at the end of the day, he is the 1%. He's below the 1%. He's the 0.5. He's the 0.1% of, <laughs> of society. So I just think it's kind of ironic that people are um, saying that I hate free speech whenever I talk about how Elon Musk had to take down his X sign on his San Francisco office, even though he's the one that is boosting people who pay him $8 a month and bringing down people on Twitter who don't pay him. I don't think that's very free speech. I think that's very selective and monetized speech. But, you know, it, it's, I just think I just wanted to talk about that because I thought it was kind of funny that like <laughs> people get so up in arms. And I feel like Twitter is sort of this battleground um, and is kind of being used as a sort of a way to people uh, for people to vent out their frustrations at the current socio-political climate of the United States right now. And like instead of it being Republican versus Democrat, let's talk about people, you know, fighting against Elon Musk. I don't know. Maybe I'm just talking out my ass, but like, I just thought that was kind of funny. Anyways, let's, uh, let's get into the first topic today. I've got an article by the New York Post. Uh, for some of you, you may have heard something about this, but 
the LK99 superconductor has been synthesized in a South Korean research lab. Um, it is a superconductor that can, you know, create energy in a magnetic field um, at room temperature. Now, most of the time, uh, these superconductors tend to only be operable at very low temperatures. Um, usually, these... I like... Let's look. Okay, so... Uh, high temperature superconductivity super is around 77 Kelvin, which is negative 196.2 Celsius, or negative 321.1 Fahrenheit. Um, okay, yeah, so... Essentially, you've got these superconductors that we've already synthesized, but they're basically unusable in technology be because, like, it's it's not sustainable to keep something at that low of a temperature. Like, obviously, in every car, we don't have something like the dilithium chamber from Star Trek, where it's a whole room kept just to itself to, you know, hold the warp core. Like, we only have an engine and a transmission and all the parts of a car in a very little amount of space, and cars tend to get hot. Um, but, uh, the South Korean scientists have synthesized, um, this first superconductor that can be, you know, creating this, uh, energy field and at room temperature. And so people are, you know, claiming that like in the next 10 years, uh, 15, 20 years as LK99 becomes, you know, more producible, it's easier to synthesize. We know the pattern and the ways that we can get it fast so we can send it off to these companies that create the technology and the manufacturing floor. Um, we could have levitating trains or, you know, flying cars, which is insane. So it's like we could be closer than ever to that, like, super fantasized 1960s science fiction where it's like all it's like the jetsons almost i mean that sounds so cool um but uh the issue is that the south korean researchers uh did not release their findings on a peer-reviewed note um so people are kind of pushing back on it in the scientific field and the issue is, is that a lot of people are having issues recreating this uh, compound, this room temperature superconductor. Um, so a lot of people are taking it with uh, a grain of salt. Uh, however, <laughs> even though people don't, we're not really sure if this is sustainable, if this is like something we can recreate on a mass basis, uh, the American Superconductor Corporation saw its shares increase by nearly 130% after the paper was published uh, of the findings of LK99. So that's insane. You get the superconductor. Uh, for those of you who do not know what a superconductor is, it's able to uh, conduct an electric current with like zero resistance. So obviously, whenever we have a lot of our electronic uh, electric components there is some resistance um in the things that transmit the uh, the electricity you know cables outlets any kind of thing that could get in the way of providing the maximum amount of energy that uh, a certain amount of you know it could output uh so superconductor can let energy flow without any energy loss so this could mean that we could be seeing 
extremely, extremely, extremely powerful technology in the next few years if they manage to synthesize this on a mass basis and send it off to the manufacturing floor. So, you know, that's, I'd say that's pretty big news for the most part. Um, <laughs> imagine, guys. I mean, you think about this, right? I was just talking about this the other day. It's like the, even just the leap between like the 1800s to the 1900s in the U.S. with the Industrial Revolution. Like, you'd think that amount of technological progress is insane. And they only had harnessed the energy of, you know, coal and steam and had very early uh, machines. But meanwhile, we've made double, triple, uh, tenfold the amount of progress we made in those hundred years and just the difference between, like, 2000 and 2023. Like back then we had very, you know, primitive cell phones and they can only hold a hundred contacts per phone. But now we have extremely powerful iPhone 14 Pro Maxes where you can have an insane picture quality in your pocket and hold infinite amount of contacts, surf the web, play games, make investments, go on social media, check up with your friends and family. It's insane. So to think that not only with this superconductor, we could see something kind of on that scale, but even in a shorter amount of time, just thinking about the leaps that we could take with just a small, small compound of this, if, it, if we manage to harness it to its maximum potential, our world could look dramatically different in 2030, let's say. 2040 and that's something to keep in mind i think that's really interesting and like we're moving towards a more energy efficient uh world with electric cars and you know renewable fuel we have these things that can imagine what a superconductor <laughs> superconductor like this could do for an electric car imagine how much more powerful they could be how much more of a better alternative they could be to gas powered cars you know it's just all of these things that make you think that we really are on the cusp of entering the next generation and the next level of technology that even I really can't fathom and put into words right now. I just think that's super cool. I wanted to let you guys know about that. And uh, that was really the main topic. I already talked about um, the Elon Musk thing uh, where everyone's just kind of, you know, parading behind him. Uh, anyways, I am very happy because I've been invited to the closed beta of Payday 3. So I think that's what I'm going to do right now. Uh, thank you for tuning into this very short episode of the <laughs> Social Room podcast. I'm Alec Ruman, and not next week. I'll be posting some reels, perhaps, just to keep you guys, you know, a little satiated. But the week after that. So two weeks from now, which would be... The 18th is the next full episode of the Social Room podcast, and I will be much more prepared. And hopefully, with an extra week of space, I'll have some more interesting topics to cover. Not saying that a superconductor isn't interesting. I think that's very groundbreaking, if it's real. But uh, anyways, that's all. Thanks for coming in today, guys. And I will see you all on the 18th. Keep your eye out for those reels. I'm hoping they're going to be kind of funny. See you later.